hundred years ago, they used to put on a white sheet and use a bloodhound against Negroes. Today, they have taken off the white sheet and put on police uniforms. They've uh, traded in the bloodhound for police dogs, and they're still doing the same thing. Arrest anyone, any rank. 
We will make them see their injustice, and it will hurt, as all fighting hurts. But we cannot lose. We cannot. They may torture my body, break my bones, even kill me. Then, they will have my dead body. Not my obedience. I don't care if we fill the jail, fill the jail. Let us take a solemn oath that, come what may, we will not submit to this law. We, we, we will not submit to this law.
Hi, and welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today, it's Friday, May 7th, 2021. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. We are on Ramatouche Ohlone land. And for more information, please go to weeklyrev.org and click on our land acknowledgement tab. And there you will find lots of information, including ways you can donate to the Segorite Land Trust, um, as well as look at a map, uh, check out maps for where you're living and see the lands that you're on, as well as a thread of native news outlets to follow and a lot more information that I'm not including at the moment. Um, but please do check that out again, uh, weeklyrev.org and land acknowledgement tab for lots of information. Um, doing a bit of a bare bones show today. I do not have my computer with me, so it's kind of off the fly and uh, standing up at the moment. Um, first day of work in person in over a year. I was doing some virtual work and this was my first day this past week and it really, I was grateful to be, to be back and it was a lot. So <sighs> taking it easy. You might not think so from the music selection today, which is from uh, many suggestions from a, a thread online, and I will be linking the playlist uh, later on when I create the post for this for today's episode, as always. And uh, there there is a theme. There is a theme. There is a great uh, post of about what what are your favorite anti-authoritarian songs, one three one two, etc. And so many of these songs are from that list. So big thank you for the folks for uh, submitting to that post. And I'm moving around to different microphones, seeing what sounds best. This is good. Still standing up. And so the first song we heard, I really liked. I hadn't heard it before. I haven't heard a lot of these songs before. So I am oftentimes listening for the first or second time along with you all if you haven't heard them before. The first song was called Trust No Cop, which is the title of this playlist uh, by a band called Ludlow. Then there was So You Want to Be a Cop by Leftover Crack. And then Why Don't You Just Die by Feeders. Definitely a mood today. Um, also, I'm going to be sharing lots of information. That's what we do here. We share information. And there was a really awesome May Day rally out in Oakland this past Saturday. And folks liberated a house. And of course, uh, we live in a country where there are, I don't even know how many, but there are more empty houses per people that need houses. And it's fucked up and backwards and talk about it a lot and it doesn't make any sense. And there was one house in particular in West Oakland that was liberated, which was really awesome. And there was like, an art exhibition inside. And there was a family that had been living there, a black family who had been living there from like 1978 to 2011. And after the financial crash, they had to move out. And then an out-of-state uh, real estate company uh, that owns many properties bought, bought it, and they've been making money off it since then. Yet the house remains empty, which is just so, so fucked up and backwards. And one of the, um, thankfully there were some, there were some really great speakers there, and as well as there's some pamphlets. So I picked up one called It's Vacant, Take It, A Homes Not Jails Squatting Zine. So I thought I would read that today on the show. Um, I definitely would love to learn more, and I feel like there's, a, similar to one of the lyrics in the first songs we heard, where, you know, we're more powerful, we're, all, we're as powerful as we allow ourselves to be, so wanting to put that message out there into the universe. Also, just a lot's going on this week, as always, I say that every week, and one thing in particular, well, there was a protest at Safeway as the, some of the security, Safeway on Market Street here in San Francisco, as some of the security guards were profiling a child, 
and some kids came out and started protesting, and rightfully so. And also, um, it looks like City College is looking to make cuts, which is really fucked up, and which would mean like hundreds of teachers and administrators would be laid off, which is just so fucked up. And there was a protest about that as well. And uh, they decided to call the cops on them because <sighs> everything fucking sucks. And it's the, the type of thing where, as a resident and taxpayer in San Francisco, not that that should mean anything. However, for sake of argument, let's just say, uh, which is true, I would want all of my I would want my tax money to go towards uh, paying the teachers and keeping CCSF open and even expand it, as opposed to paying the cops who would then harass, assault, and arrest students. It's just so messed up. So there's uh, some information on that and don't mean to gloss over it because these are all really important issues that are happening and also wanted to, to mention that. And also on Twitter, there was a, I'm going to share a, a student from City College who spoke about how City College uh, really changed this person's life. So this was tweeted from AFT2121, which is the teacher's union, and it's about two minutes. So I am going to see if this works. I'm going to play it from the phone here. Statistic, a queer homeless youth. Um, uh, let's see, I'm going to see if we can uh, turn up the volume a little bit. It's pretty soft here. That's my fault, but let's see if we can get this playing. And if not, we'll see if we can get it on the computer. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. The submix is up. Channels are up. I heard it for a moment. I don't usually play stuff off the phone, so maybe that's part of it. And have there we go. Let's. of the homeless population, but one day I heard about SF recent the opening of that program ultimately changed my life, uh, gave me a reason to pursue exploring higher education. I moved across the whole state to get here and was very grateful when I eventually was able to take classes and build a sense of purpose in my life. I've taken many classes at CCFF since and have had a wonderful experience finding myself in the arts. Ultimately, I settled upon majoring in cinema of its ability to touch on our most vulnerable emotions and stories and to be able to share those with the world in an effort to better understand each other to bring upon change and hope and connection. Unfortunately, for the past couple of years, the CCSF administration has continued to gut the school of such fundamental programs, classes, and professors that would allow for someone like me to learn and take classes that I need to pursue those goals when I am physically able to while working and caring for my mental health. These cuts have been devastating to my educational plan, making it difficult to sign up for the classes I need and to be able to transfer to university. And if these cuts continue, I may not be able to complete all the classes I need or be able to graduate or transfer at all or make any progress in my life, really. These cuts are outright vicious and insensitive to the already struggling peoples who come to CCSF for its affordable education and sense of community. Um, and we need, to stop, we need to stop these cuts and we need to stop the lies that our administration is telling us about not being able to afford the, the classes. Down with corporate interests, down with the class cuts, out of the people, out of the arts.
Okay, and I'm going to just rewind a little bit because the student also... Um, brought up a... Uh, showed... Uh, I'm really having a trouble this morning, afternoon. The student brought up a sign. That's the word. And so I was going to just share that with you all. And also, I'll post this link um, of the video on our page so folks can hear it more clearly and see it as well. Education is a right. The arts move society forward. Stop the corporate-led downsizing of CCSF. So again, this was shared by AFT2121 on Twitter, and we'll share that as well. Okay, I'm going to play a little bit more music, and then we'll get into reading this uh, zine. And thanks so much again for tuning in, and we'll be back in a bit. Stay tuned.
welcome back. First time I've heard that song. That's called Capitalism Stole My Virginity by the International Noise Conspiracy. Before that, we heard The Hives Introduce a Metric System by The Hives. Cool. Okay. Um, also wanted to share some news out of Colombia. Uh, 37 people have been killed by police during protests in Colombia, and over 1,700 cases of police brutality have been reported. The tax reform bill that started the protest was withdrawn, but systemic issues like inequality and police brutality continue to fuel the protests. That's from um, AJ+. And I'm also going to see if I can share the audio from a video as well. Let's see um, how this, if we can get the sound on this. Protesters in Colombia are being shot dead by police. Okay, I'm going to see if I can do the translation. Um, I'm working on a small, on my phone here, so it's difficult to read. The truth is it has always been like that. There has always been pressure. The Constitution says that the police must defend the people, but they have never defended us, never. They are rapists, murderers. They make people disappear. Over 35 people have been killed by police during eight days of protest. And over 1,700 cases of police brutality have been reported. Police opened fire on protesters on multiple days since April 30th, according to Amnesty International. In Kali, a community leader said police used semi-automatic weapons while children and their mothers were in the crowd. The UN has condemned the excessive force on peaceful protests. Entonces, al ver esto, pues, también duele. Pero duele más la negligencia de, de un gobierno que, que está sordo, que prefiere enviar presta pública en vez de ayudar, prefieren ayudar a los bancos, a las grandes empresas. Protests began following a proposed tax reform bill that was later withdrawn, but protesters say the government continues to make life difficult for the poorest Colombians. They want President Ivan Duque to resign and for improved policies on police brutality, healthcare, and more. While the police attack protesters, the government accused protesters of being financed by criminal organizations. Ugh. And they have a, a... And there's a quote that they're seeing messages from the government that are calling for more militarization. And that's from Temblores.com. Temblores ONG. Oh, tem yes, Temblores ONG. Emiliana Marquez Pisano. Ugh, so that's just a little snippet of what's happening in Colombia. I thought it was important to share that. Ugh. Going to move along to, um, and again, when I say move along, it's recognizing, I'm wanting to hold space for all that's happening, and it's not to um, do want to sit with what's happening. It's, it's, uh, Take a moment to recognize what's happening there and how similar that is to what's happening in many other countries, including this one, uh, for, to varying degrees, and also what's happening in Palestine. <sighs> in terms of settlers taking over more land and harming people. Okay. I think uh, I'm going to play one more song, and then we'll get into reading the pamphlet. And again, everything is connected, because there are there's more of us than there are of them, and sometimes those them have uh, a lot of militarization and uh, a lot of bootlickers to keep them uh, 
am employed and in office and to make excuses for them. But hopefully things will begin to change soon. Here's a song by Anti-Flag. You can kill the protester, but you can't. <laughs> into reading this scene and it's uh, about 30 pages so perhaps we'll take some breaks along the way i'll take some water it's called it's vacant take it a homes not jails squatting zine and starting off why squat to survive to stop apologizing for our own existence to avoid the stigma shame and criminalization of homelessness to live by our own means without relying on government or charity to support each other and live by our own means without relying on governments or charity to make use of otherwise unused buildings, homes that are left to rot while people sleep on the street in front of them. Because we refuse to let good housing go to waste, because the solutions to our economic, environmental, and social problems will not be found in growth and capital. To utilize unused resources and to truly live sustainably, because there are more vacant housing units than people without homes in the Bay Area because the right to own unused property ends where our right to exist begins. To break the cycle by which we are indebted from the day we are born to those who have inherited wealth and privilege for no other reason than pure chance. Property hoarding is a means by which the city is stolen from those that create. 
Oh, that create it uh, through dwelling, work, struggle, and play. To live as we choose, not as we are bound. To form relations and community that are not limited or co-opted by capitalism because squatting is direct action. Every single day that you squat, you stop abetting capitalism and private property. If food, clothing, and shelter are basic necessities for life, to forcibly take those away from people is to prevent their survival. Any act to resist this is, by definition, self-defense. Starting points. Take responsibility for yourself. We all have different experiences. This scene contains what has worked for us, a collective in San Francisco composed of mostly white squatters without sensitive immigration status. Resources that are listed are sometimes specific to San Francisco city or county. This guide is not infallible or set in stone. There is no, There are no hard and fast rules. Every building is different. In the course of our nights, we never cease to come across something that breaks with our, all our expectations. Every new squat will present, new, will present challenges and gifts not to be found in these pages. Use your intuition and your common sense. Above all, be safe, be free, and dream dangerously. Who is HNJ? Homes Not Jails is a consensus-based collective of squatters and squat supporters. Our goal to open as much vacant housing as possible and to keep it open as long as we can. Homes Not Jails is also a place for organizing and mutual aid among squatters and housing justice advocates in San Francisco. We actively fight to make our space inclusive and safer for everybody and combat oppression in all forms. 20 years after its formation in 1992, circumstances have gotten worse and not better. In 2000, the U.S. Census Bureau recorded 16,827 vacant housing units in San Francisco. By 2010, that number had doubled to more than 31,000. Government and the real estate industry demonstrate their willingness to continue profiting off the hardships of everyday people, making it incumbent on us to take direct action to provide housing for ourselves. Homes Not Jails uses a two-pronged strategy for fighting back. Squatting. Homes Not Jails opens up vacant buildings and helps houseless people move into them. We take direct action because people need housing now. Over the years, countless vacant buildings have been opened, providing housing for people without one, excuse me, without waiting or negotiating with the state or private interests. Many have lasted for years, many are still going strong, and more will be opened as long as people are forced to live on the streets. Public Action and Education. Homes Not Jails organizes public direct actions called open housing occupations. As an occupation is when HNJ and its allies reclaim a vacant building in order to expose the glut of vacant housing and to provide info and resources about squatting. Takeovers also serve as an introduction for first-time squatters. Security culture. Homes Not Jails operates with a practice of security culture. To us, this means keeping a level of privacy to reduce risk and keep us safe. People have different levels of risk that they are comfortable with. Don't assume that your comfort comfortability is the same as someone else. The only way to know is through clear communication and consent. We are stronger as a community when we look out for each other's safety and security. Got the door open here, so get some fresh air in. Uh, it's important to realize that what you say may not only put yourself at risk, but may endanger others as well. It's in your best interest to communicate and respect different levels of comfort and boundaries about sharing certain information. Since squatting and away teams involve illegal activities, that information should be kept on a need-to-know basis. 
It's our experience that it's best to avoid mentioning the address, cross streets, or any other identifying information about your squat. Only share this information with people you trust and give it only when absolutely necessary. Squats can be given nicknames that obscure their location, but allow people to know they're talk but allow people to know they're talking about the same building. When choosing a nickname, make sure it isn't too obviously dis- descriptive. Likewise, protect your fellow squatters. Don't mention the names of other people who were on your away team without their consent first. If you want to share tips and experiences, share only as much as you are comfortable with, but let others make that decision for themselves. Scouting. Scouting is when you go out and look for vacant housing to squat. The best time of day to scout for vacant buildings is at dusk, when most people are home but not asleep yet. During this time, most still have their lights on. Obviously, places with lights on are usually not vacant. You can, however, scout anytime. It's a good idea to take many different routes between places you go daily, like home, school, and or work. It's also good to travel by the slowest means possible. If you usually would drive, bike. If you would otherwise bike, walk. You should also carry your notebook and tape at all times. Oh, you should also carry your notebook and tape at all times. The best day of the week is garbage day, if you can figure out when that is. Not having garbage cans out is a good sign that a house may be vacant. Look for places that look a bit shabby. In San Francisco, where real estate is so valuable, this can be a strong clue on its own. Keep an eye out for any dated material like mail, old newspapers, or phone books, which are delivered at regular intervals. To make an estimate for how long it's been since someone checked on the house. Make sure to check the dates on construction permits and job cards posted in the windows because construction projects sometimes stall. If they are sufficiently old, then it is a good sign it is vacant. A porta potty outside indicates that work is currently being done. A car parked out front of a house that looks like it is vacant is not necessarily a bad sign. This could mean that a property owner is trying to make the house look like it is lived in, or that a neighbor knows that no one lives there and can use it as a free parking spot. When smoke when a smoke detector's battery is low, it will beep or chirp every 30 to 60 seconds. This noise would be far too annoying for a person living inside the building to tolerate. It can be heard faintly from outside the house. It takes a trained ear to recognize the sound and is easier to hear in the middle of the night when there is less background noise. It is a very good sign that a building is vacant as long as it's not just in the garage and can be an indicator of empty houses that show no outward signs of abandonment. If you can access the utility meters, you can see if the utilities are on and if they are using very much. An old-style power meter with analog dials, not a smart meter with a digital display, is also a good sign of possible vacancy. Taping. Some buildings are vacant but get worked on shown to prospective buyers or checked on periodically. Some are abandoned but already squatted. Taping every access point on a building is the surest way to know if it is being entered. This is done by sticking a piece of tape across the gap between the door and the door frame so that if the door gets opened, the tape will be broken. No one type of tape is best. Blue painter's tape stands up best in rain with masking tape being second, but they both dry up and fall off in the hot sun and the color stands out dramatically. Clear packing tape is the most discreet, but falls off in the rain and is allowed to peel off. Duct tape is the most well-rounded for different situations. Scotch tape is the easiest to peel off quickly and quietly in small strips, but does not hold well. 
Ready strips or of other types of tape can be cut off in advance and stuck onto a marker, travel mug, or boot to reduce noise and look less conspicuous. Make sure to tape all possible entrances or side gates. Some people enter their house by pulling their car into the adjoining garage. Some side gates lead to an entrance to another unit. Another squatter may prefer the most discreet entrance over the most convenient one. If you see a potentially vacant house and do not have tape on you, there are other methods to see if the building is being entered. A folded up scrap of paper can be jammed in the gap between the door and the door frame at the top so that if the door opens, it will drop. A twig can be stuck into the keyhole so that it has to be removed to unlock the door. A piece of thread can be tied around the gate's bar so that it will break if the gate is opened. None of the above signs are 100% certain. Sometimes a person is on vacation or just doesn't want to care for their home very well. Or just doesn't care for their home very well. We have also found vacant buildings fully furnished with the lights on. Any house with two or more of these signs deserves taping. Um, and then next there's a list of uh, signs that a building may be vacant. And it's a whole list here. Wow, a lot of reading today. Um, maybe I'll have a sip of water. Yeah, thanks sir, for uh, listening, by the way. I'm... I'm learning as I'm reading, y'all. Good times. All right. <clears throat> Imagine being like a trained theatrical thespian. <clears throat> Signs that a building may be vacant. No, I don't. I'm not going to do funny voices. Uh, grass and weeds overgrown, paint peeling, boarded up windows or doors, mail piled up, multiple newspapers, old phone book, phone books, Many menus hanging on the door, lights off in the evening when most people are still awake, graffiti or graffiti abatement notices, gar garbage, <laughs> garbage not out on garbage day, garbage cans empty before pickup, garbage cans contain construction debris but no household trash, address not posted, no trespassing signs, old for sale signs, lock boxes, no furniture in house, Garbage or debris piled up in entryway or front yard. Security gate locked with a chain or bike lock. Outdated building permit posted in window. Lights on all night. Dead plants. Oh. Citations from city posted on door. Cobwebs in entryway. No blinds or curtains. No decorations inside. Lights turn on at exactly the same time each day. <clears throat> Generally... The nicer a home is, the longer the tape should be left in place before entering to make sure it is definitely being left alone. A good range is one to four weeks. If the tape is broken, do not enter. Retape the doors and return later to see if the house still is still being entered. Respect people's homes. There could be squatters in there. Note taking. Good note on taking. Good note. <laughs> good note taking is important. When you tape a building, you should take down the address and date it was taped. It's also a good idea to take note of the signs that led you to tape it so that you will know how long to wait before checking back and know if the property has been visited and worked on from the outside, but not entered. You can develop your own shorthand for quick note-taking while walking and as a security measure in case your notebook ever falls into the wrong hands. A good thing to note is whether there is a lockbox with keys in them. If a building looks very promising, you may even note potential entry points and list what tools would be needed to get in note scouting is all about finding vacant buildings our goal is to find places that are empty and unused we do not take over people's homes sometimes people live in houses with boarded up windows or who don't leave their home for weeks at a time maintaining good notes and exercising lots of caution will help you avoid dangerous situations 
Research. Gather as much information as possible on a given address before entering the building. Ultimately, you need to ascertain who currently owns the property, its block and lot number, or APN. Uh, sales history, and whether it has any outstanding permits or complaints. Sources of information may include neighbors, news articles, real estate brochures, or public records, but primarily research can be done online. The Assessor Records Office is in City Hall. It is not necessary, it is not necessary to give any ID to ac access information there. On their computer database, you can read full documents filed on a property or find the owner's name and address if it cannot be found online. The following sites may be useful for online research. They have the San Francisco Property Information Map, which is a long website address. I'm hoping that folks can just also type in that name, but it's http colon forward slash forward slash ec2 dash 50 compute dash one dot amazon aws.com forward slash p i Emma. Okay, so hopefully San Francisco property information map. A squatter's best friend online. It tells you the block and lot numbers, the APN, which you will need for looking up a property or parcel on other government sites. It has a number of different tabs providing information about the property and ends with links to the Department of Building Inspection website where further info awaits. Next up, Department of Building Inspection. That's uh, HTTP colon forward slash forward slash dbiweb.sfgov.org forward slash dbipts. Here you can check for permits past and current on a property. The site allows you to search by site address or by block and lot number. There you can see construction permits as well as complaints lodged against the property. Expired permits are a good sign, but active ones do not necessarily mean anything. Filed permits can take months to be approved, and construction pr projects can stall for lack of funds. A litany of complaints about graffiti, safety hazards, or better yet, a notice of violation of the abandoned building ordinance may be promising signs for a potential squat. CRIIS. This is at uh, CRIIS.com. Archive of documents containing public information for properties in San Francisco County. The searchable online index researches, excuse me, reaches back to 1990. The documents themselves are not online. If you need to read them in your entirety, in their entirety, you will need to go to City Hall, but very often you'll find enough info just from the APN and name detail the site index gives you. Any information about the property is useful for building a backstory about your relationship to the house, but key documents to look for are deeds, liens, notices of default, or affidavits of death. See, glossary. Once you find the deed holder of a property, you can search their name on CRIIS to find other documents filled, filed with their name attached. And take a break and also just comment that hopefully for folks who are listening in other places that um, I hope that there are similar resources out there for folks. I would imagine that there are. All right, next up, San Francisco Treasurer, sftreasurer.org. Um, then go to this index, page 65. There's a lot. Okay, it's a long address as well. San Francisco Treasurer. You can check if property taxes are current, search by site, address, or block, and lot number. It can be a good sign if the taxes are not being paid, but keep in mind that banks, who will leave the place empty for years, will pay the property tax on time. 
Next is City Data, which is city-data.com. List of ownership and property in San Francisco, one street at a time, so you can see who your neighbors or your neighbor's landlords are. It also lists date and amount of last sale when known. Check if the building owner of your future squat lives nearby. Superior Court Online. And this is sfsuperiorcourt.org forward slash online dash services. Look up civil, probate, and or other criminal cases by a party's name. If you find mention of a court document, like an abstract of judgment naming the former owner of the property, search for it on this site. Case incidents are listed in reverse chronological order. Real estate sites are also useful to find if a property is currently for sale. Some sites are Zillow.com, Block blockshopper.com, redfin.com, ziprealty.com, etc. Since these websites are not always up to date or accurate for the most current ownership info available, look look uh, look the property up by APN on CRIIS. Many of these sites will allow you to search for buildings that were purchased by a bank, a real estate company, or other suspicious entity and wow you know initially this when i was lo reading looking at this pamphlet i think yesterday i was like oh i wonder if it's gonna you know if i'm if I'm gonna have like all this extra time uh on friday if i you know read this what am i gonna fill the rest of the time with and of course i'm only on page 14 <clears throat> out of uh, at least 30 here so i'll read a little bit more actually i'm gonna take a break because uh not used to reading a lot so much i'm gonna have some water play some more music and we'll be back in a bit. I don't like to use the word U.S. interest. That's why I wish some other critics, friends of ours, would stop saying, we go into this country, we go into that country, we do this and we do that. And I'm going to say, shh, shh, we don't do anything. They do it to us. We are part of the victims. We're not part of the victimizers. <laughs>
last thing we're gonna do right now is uh, something written by some friends of ours from up north. But we're gonna do it a little different, you might say, uh, a jello of a different flavor. Tonight, you're all going for a ride in the police truck.
Welcome back. It's just after one o'clock now. I had a nice little music break there. The first song we heard was a song called Fuck America by Choking Victims, then True Believers by The Bounce. Spotify does this thing where they cut off The Bouncing Souls. There we go. Then a live version of Police Truck by Agent Orange. And then that last song was a band called La Femme with Nouvelle Orleans. All right, let's continue on uh, reading about squatting. Ahem. Uh-huh. Imagine me sitting by a fireplace in a robe um, with, like, a rabbit or a fluffy animal nearby um, smoking a cigar. I don't know. I'm just thinking of, like, even though I don't drink anymore, like, a glass of some kind of beverage. I think it's just, you know, I'm here, actually, just, you know, wearing jeans and a sweatshirt and uh, reading from a pamphlet. 
Safety, ooh, safety. <laughs> Very casual here. Very casual. Safety and away teams. An away team is a group that goes out to scout or open buildings for habitation. An away team usually consists of two to four people, with three being an ideal number. You should only work with people you trust not to jeopardize the situation. Whenever you're doing something for the first time, whether looking out or opening, you should be accompanied by somebody more experienced if possible. The, may, the, plan, the plan should be gone over with all away team members in as much detail as possible before going out. Dark, comfortable clothing is best for mobility and camouflage. Travel light. Items not needed should be left behind, especially illegal ones. Going on any away teams while under the influence of drugs or alcohol is a bad idea as it impairs your abilities and puts your teammates' safety at risk. If you are under the influence, be sure to inform your team members so they can assess the risk for themselves. Useful items for your tool bag may include small flat bar. I'm not, I think I have some idea what that is, but I'm not quite sure. Pliers, a flashlight or two, duct tape, pocket knife, street sweeper bristle or steel strip from a windshield wiper, Phillips and flathead screwdrivers, or, or excuse me, just there's not really any or there, and also an adjustable wrench. Vice grips, lock picks, bump keys, hand drills, and crowbars may also be useful in more exotic situations. If the building has a lockbox containing house keys on the outside, it can be cut off with bolt cutters and smashed open at another location with a sledgehammer. But be careful not to smash the keys inside. You may want to shake the lockbox first to make sure it has keys in it before you risk cutting it off. Bolt cutters can be carried in their own bag. It's a good idea to practice using them before you need them in the field. See glossary, which is at the end of the pamphlet. Communication is key to away team safety and security. Before going out or while you're en route to the site, go over the details of the building from those notes you took, what the lookouts should be looking and listening for, what the signal should be, what the person working on the building is expecting to do, if you drive, park a couple blocks away from the house. You can check that everyone is clear on their roles before leaving the car. Discuss how the team should wrap up once the job is done. If everything goes without incident, it's a good idea to split up and return to an agreed-upon location. Make sure to make contingency plans. Members of the away team may want to react in different ways to being spotted, depending on who has taken notice. If all the members of the team plan an organized response to different situations, everyone will be safer and know what to expect. Lookouts. Once you reach the spot that you're opening, you need a lookout or two. Lookouts appear least conspicuous in pairs. A single lookout can smoke or pretend to be on their cell phone or waiting for a ride. Both a lookout and the person inside the building should have a working cell phone and they should be turned on to vibrate. Lookouts should stand on the other side of the street and on higher ground if possible, but remain within line of sight of the person doing work on the house. Lookouts should keep an eye out for people coming as well as neighbors on onlook or onlookers from windows. They can also check for people in parked cars. Lookouts should look up and down the street, not at the building that work is being done on. If work is going to be done on the front of the <clears throat> on the front of a building that is exposed to the street, changing the locks or removing the board, etc., light signals using a cell phone work best, and don't cast a nasty spotlight on the worker like a flashlight would. 
If someone is coming, the lookout illuminates their cell phone and flashes or points it in the direction of the person who is doing work. It can also be helpful to have someone with the person working on the house whose job is to watch the lookout so the worker can focus on what they are doing. Other signs, a gesture, a sound, or a text message might be some more might be more appropriate in different contexts. If someone is inside the building or in the backyard, the lookout should only contact them if someone is paying special attention to the building or if a cop has rolled up and parked. Finally, when the person inside the building is existing, they excuse me, <laughs> is exiting, they should call the lookout to get the go-ahead when it is safe to come out. To open a building, look for the easiest and least conspicuous entrance. Upstairs windows are left unlocked more often than you would expect. Sometimes a screen can be cut or removed and the window will be unlocked behind it. If there is one, the back or side door is the safest and brings the least attention. Locked windows can sometimes be slim-jimmed with a street sweeper bristle. This involves manipulating the latch from the outside by inserting the bristle between the outer and inner window panels. If the wood on the window frame is old and slightly rotten, you may be able to pry the locked window open with a flat bar, propping the screw, excuse me, popping the screws to the latch out of their holes. Any opening that is boarded up is probably viable if the wood is removed. Once inside, once inside, take care to avoid windows at the front of the building and limit flashlight illumination of the house. Cover the flashlight beam with your hand and keep it pointed down. Alternatively, you can use a red bulb headlamp or cover the, len the lens of the flashlight with red tape. There are several things to check for when you first enter into a building to check its, for its viability and livability. The most recent piece of dated material, like packaged food in the fridge, or the oldest piece of uncollected mail will tell you approximately how long it has been since someone has been in the building. Old mail is also useful to find out the names of past tenants and to research the reason why the building is empty. Be careful about houses that have been fire damaged or condemned. Some of us have gotten sick from exposure to mold. Also look out for hazards like exposed wiring or asbestos and signs of structural deterioration like rotting floorboards or sagging or broken ceiling joints. Look for signs of recent inhabitation, like live plants, fresh food, or battery-operated clocks still running. Check the refrigerator light so as not to illuminate the house, and turn on a faucet to see if the utilities are connected. Sometimes the valve leading into the water fixtures under the sink is turned off, so if you don't see water initially, check underneath. Check the brand of locks on the doors, as Schlage and Quickset hardware are not interchangeable. Make a mental list of supplies you will need for any additional work you want to do on the house. Unless it's an emergency, it's best not to stay in the building the night when it is opened. Remember to retape the entryways when you leave. Next, establishing types of squats. There are a few ways to start. Leave no trace, covert, overt, or somewhere in between. Leave no trace squatting means you live out of your backpack and don't keep all your stuff at your squat so that every time you leave, you take everything out of the space. Theoretically, no one would be able to tell you had been there before. You had been there. This may be for staying in a construction site or somewhere that's actively being shown. This temporary location can't be long-term because it might be entered frequently by the owner, real estate agents, property managers, workers, etc. Only use it to sleep at night so you're not discovered during the day. Covert squatting means that you avoid being seen when entering and exiting. Don't alter the property as seen from the curb or the neighbor's view, and stay quiet when inside with minimal lights on. To enter and exit covertly, go through the door that is the least visible and with minimal to no traffic. 
If some situations it can work in some situations it can work to sit on the stoop and hang out, smoke whatever, then enter when the coast is clear. Covert squatting is generally the most successful method for long-term viability of a squat. Squatting covertly can give you the time to make any changes that are necessary to switch to an overt squat. It's usually best not to become an overt squat unless you have established tenancy. See below. Overt squatting means that you live openly as if you were living legally. This is the, and I'm just taking all this information in and just how messed up it is that this idea of like legally and illegally and just for all for just seeking shelter in like an empty house. It's just the idea that it's, oh, I'm just thinking about that. Oh, okay. Overt squatting means that you live openly as if you were living legally. This is the situation of most well-known squatted social centers. A squat becomes overt usually after it has been lived in covertly and has gone and has gotten tenancy or has gotten caught by a neighbor. You might decide to move in overtly initially if living covertly seems impossible. If you do this, you will move in with a truck and furniture as if you were a new tenant. This works particularly well in a vacant building that does not look obviously abandoned from the street or alternatively if the building is commonly known to be vacant. The first few weeks. The first few weeks at a new squat can be stressful. Sometimes people will have to go through four or five squats until they find one that lasts. You may get lucky and find a long-term squat the first time. Despite our best research, it's impossible to know how neighbors, landlords, or police will react once you are living in a vacant building. The first few weeks are the best indicator of how long your squat will last. If you are discovered or forced to leave your home, the squat is considered to be blown up. Changing the locks to the ho excuse me. Changing the locks to the house and giving a copy to your housemates will help you to keep you safe once you are in your squat. It's also a really good idea to search for another new location while you are in your current place. In case you lose your squat, you will have someplace to go as a backup. And the average life expectancy of a squat in San Francisco seems to, only, to be only three weeks. During the initial weeks, a squat is especially vulnerable to landlord or police attempts to kick you out. A land, the landlord may do his, I'll say, or her own uh, or their own self-help eviction and lock you out. How your housemates handle the first few weeks will often determine whether the house becomes long-term. The goal is to ease your way into the awareness of your neighbors of the neighbors by being seen as little as possible. Keep a low profile. Be careful with lights being seen at night. It's best to only use lighting lighting in rooms that have no windows and do not leak light to the outside. In some situations, you can put up block-out fabric in windows facing the street and neighbors to prevent inside light being seen outside at night. However, it may be best not to change the facade of the building at all. The more it appears nothing has changed, the less likely neighbors will notice. In this case, front rooms may need to be left vacant if a neighbor or pedestrian might expect to see them empty. Though your impulse may be to house as many people as possible, you may want to limit it to two or three in the early days. Fewer squat mates means fewer people moving through the front door who might be seen. It's best to wait to go out, uh, to go out either very early in the morning after 10 a.m. when neighbors have left for work or in the evening as you are less visible. Being patient and observant is the best way to maintain your squat and minimize the risk. Here are some suggestions. Try to be as quiet as possible with no noise, such as loud music or conversations that could be heard outside or through the walls. Limit visitors and large groups of people coming and going. Trickle out trash and recycling in grocery store bags, but and not big trash bags. Dump trash in nearby garbage cans at night, but don't be seen filling up neighbors' cans. 
Keep the water and electric bill low by minimizing use. Don't assume a negligent landlord will never notice a higher bill on a vacant building. If you keep use minimal, the less likely it will be noticed as utility companies charge monthly minimums. Water bills come only bi-monthly. Often, the neighbors will not know the landlord, but frightened neighbors can result in getting the police called on you in the first few days. They may be afraid that you pose a threat to them. To ease their fears, act as quote-unquote respectable as you can muster. Once you get settled in, be friendly with the neighbors, smile and wave hello, act like you are paying rent and legally living there. Not sneaky and guilty. Look responsible by keeping the outside of the house clean and picking up trash. Every area is different, so try to blend into the neighborhood. A quiet residential neighborhood doesn't A quiet residential neighborhood means don't disturb the locals with noise, parties, or loud experimental music. <clears throat> Getting tenancy. When you are squatting, you are illegally occupying and trespassing on the property. If the police come to your door and you can provide reasonable doubt that you and and you can provide reasonable doubt that you are not trespassing, that you have some right to the place you are renting, a landlord, a building manager, etc., they may deem it a civil matter to be decided between you and the owner in court, not a criminal matter over which they can arrest you. You have not established tenancy until your squat has been deemed a civil matter. If you claim to have been there at least 30 days, you appear to have established tenancy by San Francisco tenant law. You don't actually have tenancy since you don't actually have permission to live there, but police are personally accountable for evicting lawful tenants, so they will be less inclined to arrest you if there is any doubt. Hmm. Evidence of tenancy may include utility bills in your name at the address, a driver's license, state or city ID with address, furnishings and wall doc decorations, a lease, deed, or property management agreement, childhood photos in front of the residence. There is no magic change after 30 days. A lot of it comes down to a show of confidence. If you have a cohesive story and confidently assert that this is your home, that you are not leaving under any circumstances, that the owner, if they arrive with the police, is lying, etc., you have a chance of keeping your squat for as long as it takes to go through the courts. Keep in mind that it is much easier to convince the cops that you are living in a place if it looks inhabited bringing in furniture from the street if you have to. Hanging art and decorations on the walls tends to look better than spray-painted squat symbols. Also, while this, will take, while this will make a great coffee table book at an established squat, until you have tenancy, we suggest you don't leave this zine lying around. Getting documentation to prove that you have lived there for at least 30 days is crucial to establishing tenancy. Sending yourself letters with a clear postmark is a start. Getting a new ID card with your address is better. San Francisco has its own ID card available at City Hall for $5. Oh, I didn't know that. Registering to vote is a good way to get your name and address on the same document for free. Rental receipts or check stubs are easy and convincing evidence. Squat mates might want to get the PG&E bill put in a member's name to minimize any risk of the bill being sent to the owner um, that would give you away. So this works well with foreclosures and abandoned buildings as absent bills might not be no might not be noticed. You could create a lease or property management agreement from online websites offering free sample landlord rental agreements. Don't take unnecessary risks. Creating a fake document can be prosecuted for forgery. It's less risky to create a document with a fictitious person as a landlord. Invent a property management company that never answers the phone. Hmm, interesting. It's important to note that you cannot establish tenancy in non-residential buildings, commercial or industrially zoned spaces, or in buildings declared legally vacant by the sheriff's department, which happens after a formal court-ordered eviction. 
Mm. All right. We're on page 23 now for the folks who are reading along at home as if I was in a temple and open your prayer books, which is like open your uh, vacant, uh, open your squatting zine to page 23. We'll now have uh, me continue to, <laughs> to read it. Mm. All right. Do a time check. Um, we're not in a casino, but 118. All right. Let's continue on. <clears throat> Neighbors and police. Mm. Eventually, someone is going to knock on your door. Researching any parties linked to your squat will help you take the necessary steps to prepare for this inevitable situation and to choose the story that is the most plausible. Find out the owner's name and their family, property managers, companies, banks, etc. See research. When you do get a knock at the door, it's perfectly natural to ask who it is. Maybe there's a window or a peephole so you can get a glimpse. Depending on who is there, you can respond in different ways. Make sure all your squat mates are on the same page about what your story is. If you want to say you're renting, a groundskeeper, etc., depending on each squat situation. Don't feel silly to practice saying it aloud or with your other squat mates. It is helpful to ask each other questions that a squatter might be asked, such as, how long have you been here? Who is your landlord? How did you meet your roommates? How did you find this place, etc. The more you prepare, the more you will be able to tailor a story to the, per to the person at the door, and it will seem more natural and believable. Here are, and I'm just, I, think, I know there's a paragraph break, but I'm also just taking a minute just to think about this and how it's like, how capitalism encourages folks to, to lie to survive. Where instead of just being like, oh, here's an empty house, live in it. It's like, no, people have to risk their safety to go find a place that's empty, like do all of the things I've mentioned, if that, and that's also, you know, not everyone's able to do that. And then on top of that, if and when folks are, like, asked about it, one has to create um, a narrative about that to protect themselves. And it's just, it's just, it's so fucked up. Ugh. Anyway, continuing on. Here are some examples of stories that have been recently effective. The landlord hired me to take care of the house in exchange for staying here, which is, you know, Kind of true when you, when you look at it. I mean, the landlord isn't, isn't paying you, but folks who are in a house are taking care of it. That's for sure. Um, I pay rent to blank. We've been here for a couple of months. I am the owner. I have no idea who this other person is. I am subletting this place while he is out of town. Sure. Um, which is also, I think, kind of hard to argue with. I mean, the other person is just not there. So, of course. Remember, never let anyone you do not know into your house. If police owners, property managers, or a combination show up, talk through the door, or step outside to talk to them. Oh, or, oh, or step outside to talk to them, closing the door behind you. Don't forget your keys. It looks shady to hop the fence to your own house. Remember that this is your home. Act like it. Establish an air of ownership by asking, hi there, how can I help you? Or is there something I can, I can do for you? In any case, you can answer the door with your prepared story, not answer at all, or run out the back, though this should be used only as a last resort and only if you plan not to return. When you begin staying in a new squat, people living in the house are technically trespassing. This does not mean you will be immediately arrested. It does mean that if the police find you during the initial weeks, they may order you to leave. Again, how fucking useless are police? Causing more harm than good and more problems than good. Hi, let's, uh, let's evict people. Let's... I... I uh... Okay. 
be advised. And I have a friend who I've talked to about this before. And this, this person is like, you know what? It's really the people who pay the police. It's really the people who hire the police that are the problem. Um, you know, instead of just only being upset with police, it's also, you know, it's important to look at the folks who are paying the police and hiring the police um, who are doing their bidding. So I, I need to remember that to be also, because I need to be angry at more people <laughs> or maybe just direct my anger at uh, other institutions, I guess, and folks um, in the ruling class. Okay. Be advised that the police are supposed to have a complaint form from the owner or have visibly seen you trespass. But we all know police lie. That was my note. <clears throat> before they can order you to leave. Under trespassing law, you must be provided an opportunity to leave before you are arrested. Unless you refuse to leave, you will not be arrested unless you have committed a crime, like vandalism, burglary, or have an outstanding warrant or outstanding warrants. Keep in mind, however, often police don't know the law very well and do whatever the fuck they want. And that's this from the scene. Uh, <clears throat> if there is an arrest, you may be able to get an attorney through the National Lawyers Guild. Remember that whenever you're speaking to the office, you're – oh, the police. <laughs> Oops. Remember that whenever you're speaking to the police, your goal should be to convince them that you have tenancy. With property managers, there's a good chance that they may show up at the first time alone – and the second time with cops. Owners might take it personally, but they may also be more receptive to a sympathy plea. You might be able to bargain with them. Tell them you notice that their property isn't registered on the vacant property list, and if they want to avoid the fine, they can just let you stay. Hmm. Or that it's better for them if you stay because you can take care of the property and make sure no one breaks in or, and or steals anything. Use your imagination. A bank rep will have no personal investment in the space. They may decide to not deal with you until a later date, but they also do have the most resources at their disposal if they decide to evict you. You're going to run into neighbors, and you will get seen eventually. Choose your story with them wisely. If it's a mostly a, rent, a renting neighborhood, say you're renting. If it's a neighborhood where most people own their houses, there's a chance the neighbors may know the owner, so can try saying you're, you can try saying that you're a property manager or something of that sort. If you are confronted, just tell them your backstory. Try to be friendly. These are your neighbors, and it's better to have a good relationship and community support or at least community uh, disinterest. Maybe clean up the place so it looks better. People will like it when their property value rises. All right, we're on page 26. <clears throat> I'm going to take a water break, play some more music, and woo, and we'll be back with some more. So next up, a song called Long Violent History by Tyler Childer. Roots through the screens in our face. 
based on the way that the world's been to me. It's called me belligerent. It's took me for ignorant, but it ain't never once made me scared just to be. Could you imagine just constantly worrying, kicking and fighting?
welcome back to Legal Review. Uh, <clears throat> if you turn to your uh, page 26 in your prayer books, we will continue on with the It's Vacant, Take It, a Homes, Not Jails, Squatting Zine. This is about legal implications. In general, squatting is a low-risk activity, but there are some legal implications when scouting on away teams and squatting. Scouting in itself is not illegal, but if you are looking hella suspicious, then you might get stopped and questioned. Not carrying illegal items such as weapons, drugs, or anything you don't want to lose when you go scouting or on an away team is a good idea. We highly recommend sobriety when scouting and on away teams. Another risk to keep in mind is whether you have any prior charges on the books. Away teams normally present the highest risk. Breaking and entering is not a formal charge in California, but if you get caught, the pigs will sometimes find something to charge you with, trespassing, burglary, and or vandalism. See the legal definitions of these terms in the glossary section. Not vandalizing or taking anything from the space at the time of first entry can lessen the chance of getting hit with more serious felony charges. Another way to decrease risk is to simply leave after getting entry and to spread tasks such as the changing of locks to other nights. If you are living in a squat, you can be cited for trespassing a misdemeanor. This is especially true before you establish tenancy, see establishing. In our experience, it is very like very unlike very unlikely that charges will be pressed for trespassing. Legally, the police are supposed to give a verbal warning before you can be cited. To minimize the risk of getting charged, you can always claim the door was left open. If you are faced with a formal court eviction, be aware that you risk getting your name put on an unlawful detainer list and or a landlord's delinquency list. If you fight them in the courts, there is also the risk of getting sued for damages for lost rent. During the course of a protracted unlawful detainer case, there is a, the possibility of the landlord trying to bribe you to voluntarily give up your home for cash. This is commonly referred to as cash for keys. This is a very divisive subject within the squatter community in San Francisco. For Homes Not Jails, it validates the idea that anything and, ev and everyone has a price, and it perpetuates the system of landlords and housing speculation. In theory, there shouldn't be any increased risk for non-citizens or undocumented immigrants for squatting because San Francisco is a sanctuary city. That said, in a climate of increasing persecution of, I'm going to just say, uh, undocumented and documented immigrants, uh, caution should be exercised to avoid confrontations with the police. Any charges can interfere with um, reapplying for immigration visas or permanent resident status, applying for citizenship, or crossing the border. There is some risk involved with squatting with children or pets. There is a chance that the police or landowner could report you to Child Protective Services. If you have a dog, loud barking can be a risk if you are trying to squat covertly. If you are arrested by the police and you have a pet, they will be taken to the San Francisco Animal Care and Control at 1215th Street at Harrison. Oh, and again, it's like even with squatting, it's like just how discriminatory um, or how limiting, I guess, it can be based on who it's who like the the risks involved with it also just the fact that like squatting with a kid like your tr people parents and guardians are trying to provide their kids housing and yet somehow the kid would get taken away it's just it's oh. Oh, okay defense legal defense 
Legal defense in the courts only applies once you have established tenancy. See establishing. Once you have tenancy and you are facing eviction, there are a few resources for legal defense in San Francisco. The Eviction Defense Collaborative will prepare a response for you if you get an unlawful detainer. You should go as soon as possible because you need to file a response within five days, including weekends. Legal Access Center in the courthouse will assist you with filing with filling out legal forms correctly. Other resources for help with tenancy are the Tenants Union or the Housing Rights Committee. To find a lawyer to help you in civil court, you can approach the National Lawyers Guild for a referral, or you can go to volunteer legal services. If you need a lawyer in a criminal case, the NLG can defend you. You may be able to get additional legal and resources if you are disabled, a senior, a veteran, or are HIV positive. A list of legal aid services, excuse me, a legal aid resources are provided at the Housing Rights Committee. Be aware that these tenant counseling groups are tailored for quote-unquote legal tenants, and most lawyers will not take cases for squatters. If you use any of these resources, you will want to convince them that you are a rent-paying tenant in order to get their assistance. If the EDC finds out you are a squatter, you may get evicted from their office. See the resources section at the end of this book for a complete list of legal resources. Physical defense. If you have enough people, an eviction party or public demonstration can be enough to dissuade the sheriff's department from kicking you out on your eviction day. They will often show up on the first attempt at eviction with only two or three officers, and if it, if it looks too difficult, they will leave. It is not uncommon for them to raid with larger numbers early in the morning the next day. More militant forms of resisting eviction are certainly possible. Lockdowns, barricades, tearing up the street. But keep in mind that any escalation will be matched in force by the police. When you are fighting an eviction, sometimes it's best to pick your battle. Sometimes the best squat defense is to leave before the sheriff's deputies arrive on your eviction day and to return to reopen it at a more convenient time. Leave a window open. The place could easily be used to house yourself or others at a later date. Nothing can frustrate a landlord more than to spend lots of time, money, and effort evicting you only to have the building reoccupied the next day, starting the process all over again. This war of attrition is a very strong tactic in convincing of the landlord to leave you and your squad alone, but may also lead to escalating tactics from law enforcement. Above all, the best defense is a strong community. Our strongest tool against landlords is our ability to share our skills and knowledge. All right, so then the back of the zine, I can't believe we made it through. Thanks for, for sitting or standing or doing driving, biking, I don't know, however your body is. Thank you for listening. Resources, um, Block Shopper, which is blockshopper.com. Um, it's a real estate, uh, real estate website. There's the California Judicial Bench Guide for Unlawful Detainer. And I'm just going to read the titles because some of these uh, internet addresses are quite long. And hopefully with, you know, enter in the title and hopefully you'll be brought to their page. Okay. There's also, yes, Calif California Judicial Bench Guide for Unlawful Detainer, the California Tenants' Rights Guide, uh, City Data, CRIIS, the Department of Building Inspection, Eviction Defense Collaborative, Free Print Shop, Housing Rights Committee, Land Action, Lock Picking, National Lawyers Guild, Nine Tenths of the Law by Hannah Dobbs, and that's D O B B Z, uh, Public Occupation, and that's a few different, there's a few different links here. And under the description, uh, there's a few different websites. And Homes Not Jails has been doing public building takeovers since its inception in 1992. 
look out for our forthcoming zines on the subject. In the meantime, uh, they provide some great how-to guides above. So there's theimaginarycommittee.files.wordpress.com. They have a guide there. Zinelibrary.info. Again, really long um, websites. I'll see if I can um, share more info here. Uh, there's redfin.com. Uh, San Francisco Bar Association. Um, San Francisco Access Center. San Francisco Property Information Map. Uh, San Francisco Treasurer. Shouse Law, and that's S-H-O-U-S-E Law. Superior Court Online, that's sfsuperiorcourt.org. Trulia, Tenants Union, War in the Streets by Seth Tobuckman, and that's T-O-B-O-C-M-A-N, Zillow. Uh, Zip Reality, no, Zip, <laughs> that's something else entirely, I'm sure. Zip Realty, ziprealty.com, which is a real estate website. And then, then they have the glossary. Let's do a time check. Do I need to read the glossary? Um, uh, 141. Um, uh, glossary. Um, oh, goodness. Oh, th there's a lot here. Uh, goodness. Okay, let me just see if I can read this quickly. <clears throat> Adverse possession. The process by which a title to a property is transferred to a trespasser who openly and notoriously occupied it for four, five years has not been granted for homes in urban areas in California in recent memory. And they have a link for more information. Uh, affidavit of death, a legal document that shows up on CRIIS when the former owner of the building is dead. APN, assessor parcel number. This number identifies the block and lot number, which identifies it in the assessor's property book. This number is mostly useful for searching for a property on the government website, which won't let you search by address. Assessor Recorder's Office. Here you can access full documents tied to a property located in City Hall. Autonomy. Translates as self-law from the Greek root. Every squat is autonomous. The people that live there decide every aspect of what goes on in the space on a consensus basis. Away team. A group that goes out to scout or open buildings for habitation consisting of two to four people. Bolt cutters. A tool used for cutting lockboxes, chains, padlocks, and chain link fencing. To use, open the handles as wide as possible and invert the thing to be cut as far as possible into the blades of the bolt cutter. You get enough force to close them fully. You may need to brace one handle against the ground or your body and pull with both hands on the other handle. It's best practice to uh, practice cutting different <laughs> gouge and strength padlocks and chains to get a sense of what it feels like before you use them in the field. Different cutting heights will also change the way you can hold and brace the bolt cutters. Burglary. The legal definition of burglary in California is as follows. Every person who enters any house, room, apartment, tenement, shop, warehouse, store, mill, barn, stable, outhouse. Is this from The Fugitive? Search every outhouse, stable, barn, mill, and other building, tent, vessel, floating home, railroad car, locked or sealed cargo container, whether or not mounted on a vehicle, trailer, coach, any house car, inhabited, camper, vehicle, when the doors are locked, aircraft or mine or any underground portion thereof with intent to commit grand or petite larceny or any felony is guilty of burglary. As used in this chapter, quote-unquote, inhabited means currently being used for dwelling purposes, whether occupied or not. <clears throat> This means that if you uh, that if you commit any 
other felony while trespassing, vandalism over $400, for instance, you can also be charged with burglary. Conspiracy. The legal definition of a criminal conspiracy in California is when, one, one agrees with one or more other people to commit a crime, and two, one of them commits an overt act in furtherance of that agreement. Conspiracy is always a felony charge in California, even if the offense you commit is a misdemeanor. This means that to protect yourself and your teammates on an away team, make your plans in a safe place. Avoid sending incriminating text messages, phone calls, etc., arriving separately at the location. Arriving separately at the location. Okay, see safety and away teams. Covert, a style of squatting where you avoid being seen when entering and exiting. Don't alter the property as seen from the curb or neighbors. And stay quiet when inside with minimal lights on. Deadbolt, a locking mechanism with no spring that requires turning a key or knob to lock and unlock it. This generally cannot be bypassed with a pry bar unless you destroy the door or door frame. Deed, document which proves ownership of a property. Ellis Act, Lil. a California law that provides landlords with a legal way to quote unquote go out of business short short of to, with a legal way quote unquote go out of business short of selling the property, i.e., to evict tenants who would otherwise be protected. It is often used as a way to, of way out of municipal rent control provisions. The building cannot be rented for five years and often sit empty. Foreclosure, a building that has been taken by a bank for defaulting on the mortgage. Grantor, grantee. On CRIIS, the person who grants a title and the person who receives it, i.e., the grantee of a deed is the landowner and the grantor is the former deed holder. Handset, the knob part of a door locking mechanism. Integrity. Excuse me, that's what I think of integrity. Just kidding. Um, that was also kind of rude, but that's okay. Integrity. When the way you live is in line with what you think. Uh, leave no trace. A style of squatting where all traces of habitation are removed when you leave. For squatting in short term and checked on properties, see establishing. Lean. A lien is a type of fine imposed on a property owner for building or health code violations at a property. All right, almost done here. Uh, quick set, the cheaper of the two most common brands of keys, handsets, and deadbolts. The head of the key is a hexagon with three triangular holes. Hmm. Lockbox, a small box that property agents and landowners lock so to the outside of a building which sometimes contains keys can be obtained with bolt cutters and a sledgehammer. Uh, now I want to play sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Notice of default the document found this document found on CRIIS might indicate that the owner was or is in the process of being foreclosed upon overt a style of squatting where you move in openly and publicly claim the space good for any type of social centers see establishing schlage that's c h c is that s c h l a g e the more expensive of the two most common brands of keys, handsets, and deadbolts, the hand the head of the key is shaped like a bumpy diamond. Spring bolt, a locking mechanism lock that uses a spring to hold the bolt in place. Tenancy, possession of land or property as a tenant established once eviction of the squatter is deemed a civil matter and not a criminal issue of trespassing. Trespassing, 
The most common acts of cal- uh, that California trespassing laws prohibit entering someone else's property with the intent to interfere with or obstruct the business activities conducted thereon. Three, entering and occupying another another's property without permission. And four, refusing to leave the private property after you've been asked to do so. Okay. Trustee, an individual person or member of a board given control or powers of administration of property and trust with a legal obligation to administer solely for? Um, not sure. Solely for what? Okay, solely for. Vandalism, the legal definition under California's law under California law, is to maliciously deface with graffiti or other inscribed material, damage, or destroy property that you do not own. Felony vandalism exceeds $400 in damage. See shouselaw.com, vandal slash land vandalism for more detailed information. And water key, the special tool used to turn on the water meter valve at the street level. Cool, I didn't know about that. On the back, they have scouting resource resources. I'm going to read. Ugh, really? Okay, all right. Howsthebay.org forward slash take that dash it propertyradar.com SF planning GIS.org forward slash PIM clustermaps.com and that's cluster no yeah that's cluster without the E clustermaps.com CRIIS.com DBIweb.sfgov.org forward slash DBIPTS realty track without the K so realtytrac.com, sftreasurer.org, blogsquats.blogspot.com, forward slash 2001, forward slash 11, forward slash property, dash, research, dash, for, dash, occupy, dash, oakland.html, corporationwiki.com, pad.riseup.net, vacant housing tip form, property scouting checklist, um, which is a guide of information we'll watch and gather when looking at properties. And I believe that's most of what was... Um, this is just like a handy list that was covered in the first part. And woo-woo, we're done. Great. Thanks for coming to services, everyone, on how to make, you know, for folks who are, yeah, let's get everyone housed. All right. If only we were that simple. But, yeah, happy to provide information. Big thanks to the um, the folks who have been working tirelessly to ensure that folks are housed. And big thanks to Homes Not Jails. And we'll be back next week. Yay. All right. I'm going to play some more music. This song is called Clear Channel Fuck Off by Leftover Crack. And for more notes on the show, well, it'll be up later today, probably, or maybe tomorrow at weeklyrev.org. Thanks again so much for tuning in, and we'll be back next week.
Еврейская вера, ди так и так и так, надо рано уставать. Эх, люли, люли, да люли, надо рано уставать. Эх, люли, люли, да люли, надо рано уставать. Надо рано уставать, мой да они засказать. Эх, люли. Сказать не гел вас Сорадливать и бейсами дрожь побегать. Эх, люди, люди, да люди, бейсами дрожь побегать. Эх, люди, люди, да люди, бейсами дрожь побегать. Бейсами дрожь побегать, талист филин надевать. Эх, люди, люди, да люди. Сунтфилны надевать и единому неведомому душу предавать и никогда глаза не закрывать и все, что происходит до конца осознавать, ничего не признавать конечной истиной во всем сомневаться, нигде не попадаться ни в какую ловушку смысловую, ни в какой понятийный капкан так учит Ленин и дедушка Лакан надо жижика читать, переводить границу не лениться сами поменять все то что изменится должно и сотворить самим то что хочет сотвориться не ждать пока другие наше дело сделают за нас еще вчера было рано завтра будет поздно надо здесь и сейчас осознать себя как класс конкретный анализ конкретных обстоятельств чувство момента отбросить сантименты эти люли да люли они как сладкие пилюли для идей на отсталых дурачков а мы 